Welcome to the recorded candidate interviews by the League of Women Voters of Portland. All the candidates running for this position in the primary election were invited to participate. We asked the candidates for the same office, the same questions, and included as many of the questions as time allowed. Hello, this is Carolyn Bupert with the League of Women Voters of Portland, and you're watching the video, video Voters Guide, or you might be listening to it on podcast. We're here today to talk with candidates in the May 17th primary. All the candidates running for this position in the primary were invited by our league to participate. We asked the candidates for the same office, the same questions. The number of questions asked determined by the length of the candidates' answers. In this process, we're grateful for the support of the Carol and Velma Sailing Foundation, the League of Women Voters of Portland Education Fund, and the Weiss Foundation and our media partner, Metro East Community Media. With me is Elizabeth Steiner Hayward, running for Oregon Senate District 17, which includes Northwest Portland and Northeast Washington County. She's the incumbent in the election. Welcome, Senator Steiner Hayward. Thank you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for this office. Sure. I'm a family physician by profession, and I've spent over 30 years in Oregon trying to help Oregon be the healthiest state in the nation. But we know that only about 10% of traditional health happens in a traditional healthcare setting. Most of it happens around housing and education and transportation and a sustainable economy. So I want to continue to bring that perspective to the legislature, that matrix perspective to the legislature, as I've done for the past 10 years that I've held this seat. What, if anything, do you think the legislature should do to camp about campaign finance reform? Would you explain? Campaign finance is a very complicated subject. On the one hand, we don't want anyone, whether it's a corporation or an individual, to be able to buy an election by contributing too much money. On the other hand, we want things to be very transparent and clear. Oregon does a really good job with transparency, generally speaking. However, without having limits, it is possible for certain individuals or certain corporations to have undue influence. We have to continue to find a path forward to thread that needle to maintain our transparency while allowing small donors to have a strong impact on elections and ensuring that rich individuals or large corporations don't have undue influence. Thank you. Should Oregon use an independent citizens redistricting commission and why or why not? In principle, I really support the concept of an independent citizens redistricting commission. It's very important that redistricting be as nonpartisan as possible. Unfortunately, I believe that the ballot measure we had in 2020 had too many possibilities for it to become partisan, which is why I couldn't support that specific proposal at the time. I think it's very important that we look at a wide variety of states to determine which model of redistricting will best suit Oregon and ensure the highest likelihood of nonpartisanship in redistricting. You're listening to the Video Voters Guide interview or podcast with Elizabeth Steiner Hayward, who's running for Oregon Senate District 17. Next question. What does Oregon need to do to provide affordable quality childcare for families? Oregon is unfortunately a childcare desert in every single county. And that's particularly true when it's, we're talking about care for infants and toddlers who have the highest needs and have to have the most focused attention. 
One of the problems is that we pay childcare workers such a low amount that there's a lot of churn and we don't provide developmentally appropriate childcare, which means that kids are not set up to succeed once they start school. Conversely, childcare in and of itself is very expensive. I was very proud to support House Bill 4005, which provided over $100 million in increased funding for childcare in the 2022 session to increase wages for childcare workers, to provide training, to improve developmentally appropriate childcare, and also to increase the subsidies available for lower income Oregonians to access high quality, affordable childcare. This is an area we need to continue to work on. We need to professionalize childcare, and the state has to play an ongoing role in supporting it to ensure that every child gets off to the best possible start and parents are able to work or go to school in ways that help them advance in the world. Thank you. How, if at all, should privately made firearms, so-called ghost guns, be regulated? I believe that everything that goes into creating a gun ought to have a serial number and that no such thing as a ghost gun should be possible. I am, to be put it bluntly, pretty frightened by the possibility of 3D printing of guns without any way to register them. Oregon has not yet done as much as we could to regulate privately built guns. People should be able to do that if we can keep track of the weapons. And that's very important to us. So I look forward to supporting legislation going forward that will allow us to track privately manufactured guns in the same way that we track commercially manufactured guns. Thank you. And what, if any, reforms would you propose to improve the current legislative process and then explain your answer? One of my biggest concerns is how bills that have a fiscal impact are managed. Currently, if a bill is just a straight policy bill, it goes from a policy committee in one chamber, say the Senate, to the Senate floor, and then it goes across to the House, goes to the policy committee in the House, and then to the House floor, and then onto the governor's desk, assuming it passes all those places. However, if a bill has a cost associated with it, then it goes from the policy committee in the first chamber to the ways and means or budget committee. And it sits there until the end of session when we know how much money we have available to spend. And then decisions about those bills are made by a relatively small group of people without significant impact by a policy committee from the other chamber. I'm very concerned about that. And I actually convened a work group between the 2021 and 22 sessions to try to find a new path for bills like this. We weren't successful yet, but it's something I'm committed to continuing to work on because that kind of transparency and open process is one of the ways that we create the best possible legislation that will help the majority of Oregonians. Thank you, Senator Steiner Hayward. This concludes the Video Voters Guide and podcast interview of Elizabeth Steiner Hayward, who's running for Oregon Senate uh, District 17. Election day is May 17th. Thank you for taking the opportunity to inform yourself, and I hope you'll tell your family and friends about this resource. For more information on the primary election and the race, uh, visit our one of our websites. We have two. One is vote411.org and the other is lwvpdx.org. Thank you. This interview was produced by the League of Women Voters of Portland Education Fund and Metro East Community Media. Funding was provided by the Carolyn Velma Sailing Foundation, the Weiss Foundation, Vernier Software and Technology, and the Sarah Fruing Memorial Fund. 
For more information on the primary election and this race, visit our websites, vote411.org and lwvpdx.org. Thank you for listening and for voting. Copyright 2022 by the League of Women Voters of Portland Education Fund. Licensed by Creative Commons.